It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Bros podcast for week 18 of the NFL season brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is Joe Pizzapia. We are here to give our three best bets for week 18 of the NFL season. Joe, how does this snowy Friday morning find you? Uh, it finds me uh, doing this show instead of going outside and shoveling. That's for sure. I was like, Dan, do you want to you want to do a few more podcasts today? Maybe stick around for a few hours because the longer we talk here, the uh, the longer I get to stay inside and warm and not outside the freezing cold trying to shovel snow. So I'm all for this. In fact, this could be a three hour podcast for all I care today. Do you not have a snowblower, Joe? I do here. Okay. All right. You asked. So here's the, I asked. So, it's week 18, man, whatever. So I have the longest driveway in creation, right? So I should mm. have one of those ridiculous giant size snowblowers. And I don't, I have like an electric one, which is annoying because it's got the cords and it works fine. Wow. Oh, yeah. But the problem is my driveway is so long that I have more extension cords. It almost looks like Clark Griswold trying to light his <laughs> Christmas tree or Christmas house. I should say. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. Last year, there was so much snow that I had to borrow my neighbors, who's got the big bad boy. I think yeah. I'll be okay. I'm going to wait it out, let the sun kind of take care of some stuff. But okay. overall, yes, I do. And it's, of course, called a snow joe because ah. it's horrible, right? So uh, I, I, I think many people have driveway envy for us because our driveway is not particularly long, um, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of driveways in my neighborhood. And when we moved here, my father-in-law, who's an incredibly handy individual, I'm not handy, uh, bought us a snowblower and bought us a snowblower that is basically like if it snows four feet this will cut right through it so it's like it's my favorite thing in the world um i love it i have to go snowblow in a little bit but i'm actually looking forward to it because it's like the one thing that makes me feel look what i've done i've right? cleared this entire there's thing there's something zen about it right yeah. where he's like, like it. It, you know like some people like to rake the sand the yeah. snow blowing, I feel like is the same thing and you get to choose which direction you're going to blow it in it's a whole thing i like yeah. it i gotta say I all right it. I, I like it. So we'll do that afterwards. All right. A couple of brief uh, announcements. First of all, this is my last podcast. Actually, this is my last podcast total for if you follow us on Fantasy Pros, if you follow us on Betting Pros, both. It's my last podcast. One last live stream for me on Sunday morning, week 18 with Matt Peralt, like we do every single Sunday morning. But this is it. My last podcast. I love the company. I'm leaving for a completely unrelated opportunity outside of the field of sports betting and fantasy so you this is the last time you're going to hear my voice which i know for certain of you is very exciting because certain of you are desperate to get rid of me and joe is is certainly one of them as well God, terrible terrible that's all i can so, say <laughs> in the meantime to finish us off in the playoffs and everything like that joe will be the host of the show and they'll have on guests and joe's much better and more popular than i am so there you go <laughs> I uh, i've enjoyed those things are uh, i've enjoyed I'll, uh, I'll take it I've enjoyed doing this show very much this season. I love all our listeners. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. I will try to send you out here on a high note. So we're going to give our three best bets here of the uh, of the weekend for the NFL. It's week 18, so it's crazy. And a lot of this stuff will change. Uh, but let's recap last week what we did. We had on our uh, good friend, Scott Bogman, of course. He went one and two again. I think that's the second time Bogman's gone one and two. He did hit on the over 42 and a half with Seattle and Detroit. But he missed on everything about the Rams-Ravens game. He missed on the Rams length uh, three and a half. And he missed on over 46 and a half, which I also liked. Uh, I went two and one. I hit on the Steelers getting three and a half from the Browns, which obviously closed at like the Steelers laying three or whatever. And the Titans laying three and a half to the Dolphins, which Bogman also didn't like. So screw that guy. Um, I missed, though, on the Chargers and the Broncos under 45 and a half. They came in at 47. So I'm now one game over 526 and 25 on the year. We will try to finish this off on a high note. But Joe, for uh, the last time, you are the guest of this show, not the host of this show. Therefore, I will allow you to make the first selection. Please, Joe, give me your favorite bet. For week 18 of the NFL season. Well, I know sometimes when you see giant numbers, it scares people off, but it's week 18. Uh, defenses are quitting everywhere. Uh, some teams are already quit. And I think one of the teams that is just completely done toast. I think they're not going to see Trevor Lawrence in the second half of this football game. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're going against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. And I'm putting Jonathan Taylor ahead of the Colts because I don't think he's going to get the 266 yards that he needs, but I think he's going to die trying. I really do. 
And I think that the more you hand the ball off to him, the more that eats up clock and the more difficult it is for garbage time or any of these other things to catch up. I just feel like we're talking about a whole different class of football team. Just kind of like what you saw last week where the Patriots just completely embarrassed them. There's no self-respect thing. It's not like they all go back and go, we got to finish the season on the high note. No, all these guys already know that a new regime is coming in. And this was their chance to be evaluated the last couple weeks. And <laughs> let me tell you, I'm sure a lot of them are going to be jettisoned when you have a new staff coming in. Lawrence will be there, a few other key pieces. But there's going to be a big turnover in this organization. So for these guys, it's about just getting home, not getting hurt. And I don't see a situation where there isn't a blowout here for the Indianapolis Colts. And then again, the fact you add in all the time and all the rushing, I just feel like when they try to force the ball to Jonathan Taylor it's going to eat up a lot of clock and I think it's going to make it a really difficult situation for the Jaguars to score points because they have to be very efficient and efficiency has not been the offense's strong suit. So at the end of the day, I think the 15 is actually a safer number and uh, I don't think anybody in that Jacksonville defense really cares at this point and I can't blame them. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to get hurt either, but that to me, I think is actually something that I would lock in there. I feel confident about it despite the fact that it's a 15. Yeah, 15 is a high number, Joe. Uh, so a couple of things. Obviously, the consensus line is 15. There's 15 and a half out there at BetMGM. You, as we were talking about before we got on, are at FanDuel in Jersey. Is that your only book, by the way? No, you've well, got to have the one I like books, the right? most because I like it's the, the one colors. you do. That's fine. I, I, Colors I, oh, are gorgeous. It's all blue and things. Yeah, also, they give you better point. lines. Like I, I'm, I'm at DraftKings. That's all we have here in New Hampshire. The lines are always tougher, man. It's always like a little off from where I feel like the consensus is in the wrong direction, in my opinion. So you can actually get this as we talked about at 14 and a half. That's like the only book I'm seeing out there at 14 and a half. You lucky bastard. But that's fine. Here's the thing, Joe. And I didn't tell you this before we started recording. One of my picks was actually going to be the Jaguars getting the points. And I'll, mm. I'm not going to make that one of my official picks, mainly because if you are giving me an off route or off ramp to not take the Jaguars and back then, I'm going to take it. And this is my off ramp. So I appreciate that. Mm. Here's my worry with it, though, Joe. Same situation as last year. And the Jags were equally putrid last year, right? I think it was Mike Lennon as the quarterback going in. They were terrible. It was the last game of the season. The Colts wound up winning by 14 but only on like a last minute thing did they get it up from one score to two score. There's this whole thing, Joe, right, where you've got a team that's terrible and a team that gets blown out, especially playing against a team that's playing for something, right? You've got all these mm -hmm. situations right now where you've got one team playing for something. But those situations, Joe, number one, I think the lines are always a little inflated because they know that people, casual bettors, are going to look at it and say, well, how are the? I mean, the Colts have to win to get into the playoffs and the Jaguars stink. Like, of course, they'll go. So I think the lines are generally a little inflated. And second, historically, like those teams that are limited, they play hard. And last week, the Jaguars totally embarrassed, completely agree. I actually think that that bodes a little bit better for them in this game, because I think when you look historically, teams that get absolutely trounced and lose by like 25 points, they usually are pretty good against the spread the following week. They also had a lot of COVID issues last week. They this did. strikes me as a game, Joe, with the Colts, where the Colts do this every time. They always struggle with Jacksonville for whatever reason. But where the Colts are going to probably jump out to, like, a big lead, and then because they're the Colts, they're not going to keep their foot on the gas, and the Jags are going to have a backdoor cover here. I'm Normally, not I, I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. But if you watched last week and you saw how New England just manhandled them at the line, and then you saw a few yep. weeks ago how the Colts manhandled New England in the sure. trenches – what I like the most about the Colts is they went up front and that's something that I, I find that demoralizing, you know, when, when, yeah. when, when you're, when you guys got like Nelson and guys like that, who just absolutely get that push and things like that. Once you're into that third quarter, it's just like, look, do I yeah. want to do this anymore? And I think that's where <laughs> I think eventually it's going to, I think that real football in the trenches stuff is going to wear on the Jaguars in this game, kind of like the way they wore on the Patriots side of that game too. So to me, I think that's the one thing that I will throw out there. But you make a lot of great arguments. And and I told you there's going to be something wacky here. I kept telling you I think it's going to be the Jets this week, which I know would make you very happy to end this Are you going to take the Jets as one of your picks, Joey? I don't know if I'm going to take the Jets as one Ooh. of the picks, but I certainly wanted to. I mean, I talked about it a couple of days ago. I felt like yeah. the line was a little too big, and the Jets are really trying right now. Yeah. Is Elijah well, Moore going to come back? If so, then maybe I do like yeah. him. Um, so we'll, what we'll do, by the way, is after we do all our picks, we'll very quickly run through the remaining spreads. We talked about it earlier in the week. We have a little more information now, obviously, that we do. Um, so, all right, that's fair. And the real, the one thing I'll say, Joe, also is like, 
I think the Jags are locked into either the one or the two pick. And this does not strike me as a year where it's like we, we have to make sure we tank to get the number one pick necessarily here. They've got Lawrence. And I think that even with teams like this, the individual players, they're all being evaluated. They all need jobs next year. And so how they do sort of will motivate them to play at their very best. Nevertheless, I am thankful that you took the Colts so that I can have an excuse to not take the Jaguars. So that's not going to be an official pick. Oof. Now, here's a game, Joe, that I know we're on the same side of. Um, and I know you have a little bit of a different way you want to go about it, which I like it. I am rarely going to jump on the money line. I'm going to instead take the spread. And I'm going to take the 49ers getting four and a half from the Rams. For you, this is one time where FanDuel screws you out of a half point here, Joe. It's only four for you. But it's four and a half everywhere. I don't know why FanDuel has to go out on a limb and be cool. Uh, Joe, this is just, this is the Niners against, uh, you know, the Rams. Like, we know how this story ends, right? We we know how it ends over the last several seasons. We know what Kyle Shanahan does uh, against the Rams. This is just sort of how it works in that division. They have their number uh, five straight against the Niners. They dominated them earlier this year. Matt Stafford, Joe, and I forget if you were the one who mentioned this on one of our podcasts. He's not playing very well of late. Yeah, it was uh, it was you, right? Sluggish and flat yes, in a lot correct. of his games. And then they end up kind of getting it together. But you can't keep doing that and think you're going to be a, a playoff team that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, he's battling through some injuries, I'm sure. I think he has six interceptions over the last three games. Uh, all right, Joe, here's, here's a good stat I found. Matthew Stafford in his career. How often does he cover when he plays a winning team? Just to not not win. Forget about if he wins the game. How often does he cover the spread when a Matt Stafford-led team plays against a team with a winning record? Uh, what percent of the time? 40% of the time because he played for a, the Lions his whole life. A fantastic guess. 28% of the time. 28 <laughs> He does not cover against winning teams. It's terrible. That's always uh, a tough one, though. He because I mean, it's he's a quarterback, but there's also a defense. It's fine. I'm also, just I mean, saying that the a, Lions. That's a, a tough team stat. led by. It's still a spread, man. The spread takes into account that he was playing on the Lions. Uh, it's a Matthew Stafford led team. Uh, the 49ers fans are going to travel here um, against the Rams. Right. They need it more. The Rams need it, as we talked about last week. Like they need to either win or have Arizona lose to be able to take that division. So they need to win, but they don't absolutely need to win. The 49ers need to either win or they need the Saints to lose to Atlanta to get into the playoffs. They're ready to go. I don't know if it's going to be Jimmy G or Trey Lance, but I don't think it matters. I think Lance played well enough uh, you know, last week. 49ers secondary is bad, uh, but that Niners defense still playing pretty well. I don't know whether or not Emmanuel Mosley is going to be able to come back. They designated him to return. If so, it's a boon. But either way, ma'am, it's just what happens with this game, right? The uh, Rams and the Niners, you back the Niners. You back Kyle Shanahan as a dog. I love it. Four and a half. I'll take it. Yeah. And, of course, I want to take it a step further because safe mm -hmm. is never good enough for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want the 49ers outright. I mean, you're getting plus 172. You're getting, uh, you know, plus money across the board here uh, on the bad boy here. And I, I don't see why not. I mean, do we need to be beat over the head with this when it comes to this team? I mean, this would be six straight wins. And I know you're saying, well, eventually it's got to even out. Does it? Does it? Yeah. Or is this a team that just owns them? And you mentioned the key thing, which I touched on last time we were together, which is there's no home field advantage for the Correct. Rams. It does not exist. Yep. The yep. LA crowd is the LA crowd anyway. And then you're going to get the bougie 49er crowd coming down for this game. And you know there's a lot of them in that area. And you know they're going to travel for this game, too. So right. it's going to be like a almost 50-50 kind of feel in that stadium. Oh. If not, Joe, I'm, I'm telling you, Matt, it's going to be more Niners. than It's going to feel like a Niners I think home so game, too. man. And, yep. and because the Niners need this game, and because I do think it's going to be Trey Lance, I actually think Trey Lance is more equipped to win this game currently in the situation they're in. And the last thing I heard out of Garoppolo was it feels like my, my thumb is tearing off. Yeah. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> play. I mean, I can't, I understand why he's trying to, because sure. That's it for him here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. point, it's coming to an end. But if, to me, if you're going to be aggressive on this game, that is such a good plus number. That is really hard. I mean, it's almost two to one money on a team. That's basically stuck it to the Rams five times in a row. Yeah. I think it's worth investing in. I really do. What did you think of Lance last week, Joe, um, in terms of just how he looked? Uh, better as the game went on. Yes. I mean, that second that's, half I, much better than the first half. This is this is the hard part is, you know, when you are coming in here as a rookie quarterback, you know, it, it's it's very difficult situation to come in midseason where everybody's been playing and everybody's in the rhythm. I think it takes a lot. And then 
just like as he plays, it got better. I think had he been playing the whole year, we might have a whole different story here. I, Garoppolo has been safe. Garoppolo has been able to get the job done, but Garoppolo still makes mistakes that you shouldn't make this many years into the professional football league. I'm sorry. You just shouldn't make them at this point. He also doesn't yeah. throw the deep ball. So it limits the offense. He does not throw a good deep ball. He never has didn't really in college either. So I think right now, you know, Lance kind of gives them a little bit of energy too. I think a different vibe and the Fortnite's offensive line is okay. And I think his escapability, the escapability of Trey Lance is a good thing because it extends plays. It creates that momentum thing. Also where when you extend a play, the guy you know breaks free of a sack or breaks out of the pocket and runs for another 15 yards or something like that. That kind of stuff just crushes defenses. When you have yeah. a guy on third and long and a guy runs for 15, that's tough. Or he extends a play and then finds an open guy. Those kind of momentum swings in December, January are everything in the NFL. So to me, or just football in general. So to me, I think that's something that Lance can bring that Garoppolo is kind of limited in. Yeah, I think you've got it right. Um, and certainly in the beginning of that game, first half, I was a little worried about Lance, what we were seeing yeah. from him. But he really looked so much more comfortable in the second half of that game. Um, and I think that's kudos to both him and the coaching staff for basically making adjustments. All right, Joe, very good. Basically on the same side, you are more bold than I am, which is not a surprise given uh, who we are. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and give me uh, your second pick? I mean, what a shock. Dan Harris going out conservative on his Very last conservative. podcast. Boy, oh, boy, talk about staying on brand. <laughs> you know, I want I, to be, we should have shirts for Dan at the Fantasy Pro shop that say, uh, give it more time. Yeah. <laughs> or let's wait and see. Uh, let's think about it. Let's think about this a little uh, bit. Yeah. yeah, I need some more time. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one for me is the Buccaneers on the minus eight side. I want the Buccaneers side of this game. Um, I think Carolina is falling apart at the seams. I mean, the quarterback play has been atrocious. I think Matt Rule has lost control. And I can't think, and I don't know if this is the podcast I talked about with you or somebody else. I don't remember a time going into a season where I felt more confident about a head coach and his position, and then towards the end of the year, <laughs> yeah. felt the complete polar opposite. I thought Matt Rule, Joe Brady, they're building something here. You know, maybe this Darnold thing's going to work, and then September, it kind of worked a little bit, and now I feel like Rule's going to be out. I think he's going right. to be back in college at one of these major programs. I think they're going to completely, you know, revamp things, and I can't believe it. And I think this game is very important for a few reasons. Number one, you've got some money on the line here for Rob Gronkowski. And don't you think Tom Brady knows that $500,000 is nothing to sneeze at if he catches seven more balls. So they're going to, they're going to push the ball a little bit yep. defensively. I think, you know, when you've watched these teams play Tom Brady, the Carolina Panthers still a very good young defense, but still young. And Tom Brady tends to pick apart those young defenses. He did all last year to them too, where he kind of embarrassed them in spots because he just does those little okie dokes, those little pump fakes, those little things. Yeah. He looks like he does that stuff. And because they're young and athletic and aggressive, it leads to mistakes. And I just think Tom Brady, despite all the Antonio Brown stuff, despite all the injuries with Godwin, despite Evans hamstring, all these things, he's going to find a way to win this game. I think this is kind of important because I think the Bucks want to have a little momentum going into the playoffs. And Brady's not one to come out of games and rest. So if they're up by a lot in the fourth quarter, he'll come out. But Brady typically does not like to come out of games. Brady typically is somebody that's going to push and play hard. And I just don't see how Carolina keeps pace here with the Buccaneers. That's the other thing too. And is there an opportunity for a defensive score? And I think the answer is yes. In which case, whenever you see a number that's greater than six or that you're struggling with, if you think that there's opportunity for that, it's that defensive turnover, that defensive score. And I think you're going to see a couple turnovers in this game for the Carolina Panthers. So to me, I actually like the Buccaneers despite the big number on this one too. You know, I want you to explain something to me, Joe. How is it that, two weeks ago they go into Carolina and they win 32 to six and that now at home this spread is eight like and it's it by the way it was seven for a while like Great it's point. moved up a point I are, are we here's Fear my question are we missing out. something are, yeah, are they uh, you're missing wide receivers you're missing weapons they were out last game though Joe that they got hurt in the Saints game this is after that True. this is after that they, they're actually in better shape right now because they have Mike Evans back. He's playing. Um, so that's the thing. I, I would have agreed with you. Tell, if Godwin and Evans, fine. Um, the running backs, okay, fine. Now I you don't even have Ronald Jones. there's pulling guys, too, from that game. And, that, uh, but here's, the, here's the thing. When, when books set the line, mm -hmm. okay, we have to be honest. No. They have more information than you and I do. That's um, why they build giant hotels, my friend. You are correct. Which is why I'm saying, is it possible? Because 
everything you said is correct. Brady doesn't like to sit. They, Arians doesn't pull him. They played their last game last year when they didn't really need to. Uh, like, and they were not, better off for it. And they need to, by the way, here, because now you're looking at a thing where you've got a, a gimpy uh, Mike Evans. You've got no Godwin. You've got no Brown. Like, Brady needs time in-game action to develop a rapport with Grayson, mm-hmm. right? With all these guys, everything suggests they're not going to sit. Like, And Vegas is begging you. The books are begging you, saying, good, take the bucks. They they seem to just be taking the stand here. And that is the only thing that makes me nervous about it. Because other than that, oh, God, give me this. And what what's worse, Joe, is at eight, how many teasers is this going to be a part of where people are going to tease it down to two? I'm I'm already like, where's my other teaser piece? This is clearly my teaser piece here. You can get under a field goal. So to me, Joe, that's my, I think the pick is correct. I absolutely feel fine with it. My only worry is like, do they somehow know something that we don't? Because otherwise this line makes absolutely no sense to me. You know what I mean? Like that's my only hesitation with it. Are we missing anything? But Everything you said seems correct, right? I don't think I we don't, are. I don't think we're missing anything on this one. I think that's just them covering themselves a little bit because of all the chaos that's also gone with the Buccaneers in the last seven days. Yeah. All right. Just well, a lot of chaos. I mean, sometimes teams get distracted. Now, yeah. a team that's led by Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, I don't think is going to. Correct. Um, so I right. Think, I, and I think that's also to the point why it's really important that this team plays, it gets on the field, and and goes past that distraction. Yes. You know, and I think that's very important for them. So. Look, normally you're right. You, look, I completely agree with you in the sense that they are smarter than us, which is why they build those <laughs> giant casinos and hotels. However, in this instance, if I'm going to look for something to invest in and you look at this board, do I want to invest in Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions against Carolina? Yeah, I do. If I'm going to go down yeah. the count, I'm going to invest in those guys as opposed to some other things, because I think there's some other lines they're inviting you that I think are traps. And I'm staying away from yeah. this one. All I right. don't believe because I'm investing in the guys at the top and the guys at the top at the end of the day are the ones who usually get this done. It just makes no sense to me, Joe. Like it really doesn't. Know, I'm I, to the I, point I, where I, I really I don't know what to do with it. Um, You're over crazy. It. Don't yeah, worry. that's what, oh, I'm I'll bet it. I, I don't I'll walk into a trap. I'm OK with it. So I'm fine with that. All right. So that that's a good one, Joe. I'm with you. Uh Look, man, I don't have I have a bunch of crazy stats for this. Um, this is me thinking that the Raiders are just a vastly overrated team and that the Chargers are a much better team. And I'm taking the Chargers on the road in Vegas to beat the Raiders by three. So I'm taking them laying the three points. Now, Matt Peralta has already taken the Raiders getting the three points. Uh, I think it might be our, one of our picks of the day over at Betting Pro. I don't really care. Um I just think the Raiders are not a good team. They've won three games in overtime, Joe. Like, they they win these games, close games that they should lose, that they somehow managed to do. They've won three games in a row to put themselves in, their, in this position. Their turnover margin in their three victories, negative seven. Like, this is not a team that deserves to be in the playoffs or is good enough. And, and to be as fair as possible, they've dealt with an enormous amount of turmoil this entire year between the Gruden and the Ruggs thing. They've had no Darren Waller. He may return here which is certainly something that affects it because he he does open up the offense. Um, but the Chargers' pass defense, which is really good when they're healthy, is finally healthy. The Raiders' pass defense, which at one point was good, has not been good. The one real Achilles heel in this game is the Raiders, is the uh, Chargers' rush defense. But, number one, they're getting healthier in the rush defense, and you can see how they are able to sort of play when that happens. And number two, look, I like Josh Jacobs. From a fantasy perspective, from a prop perspective, I Josh Jacobs was very good to me this year because I, I was always a little more bullish on him than the market was. But he's not a guy who gets there and is going to basically dominate a game anymore. Like, that's just not who he is. To me, the Chargers are going to win this game. If it's a field goal, if it's us, it's not moving, by the way, Joe. This is a field goal game. That's it. I mean, you want something to worry about? It's the fact that they could uh, only need a tie to win and they could both <laughs> lie down uh, if everything goes right. I think the Chargers win this game in Vegas. Uh, and I think they win it by more than a field goal. So I I'm taking the chargers. I'm interested to know how you feel about it, Joe, because again, I, I do know people who are on the other side of this and I'm not sure I understand why I'm on your side of this one. Okay. Which again, I hate saying those words, but I am, nah. I'm on your side of this one. And I think this game goes a long way. If indeed the chargers win this football game of shedding that label of the same old chargers who have a lot of talent, but always collapse in big spots. I think the difference is Herbert. 
I think that's the difference here. And Herbert tends to show up in these big games too, which I like. I think that's the mark of a great quarterback. And, you know, even in my early rankings so far on Fantasy Pros, we turned over the year. Like the next day, the season's over. Well, we turn over the year. We're starting to look ahead. Herbert to me is an elite quarterback. He really is. And I think Staley's a, a really good football coach. I want to give the Raiders credit and I want to give the coaching staff credit for keeping this thing together. Just keeping it together as long as they have that they're oh, relevant yeah. to week 18 is stunning. And I think there's something about that, that they're home and, and you know, I think the energy there and I, and I get all of that. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at the defense and I think you're right. I think the defensive side of the football here on the Charger side is just much better. I've also got the quarterback. And those are the two things to me when I'm making investments, whether it be fantasy or whether it be wagering. Defense and quarterback play are the things you should be looking at investing in. And I think the Chargers have that more so than the Raiders. And that's why I think it's a smarter investment. Now, if they lose this game, we'll go back to that same narrative. And it's going to yeah. haunt them all offseason of why couldn't you get your business done in that big spot when it mattered? You're the same Chargers we see every year. I think it's a little different with Staley. But this game, I think, is at the end of the day going to either move the needle forward or revert us right back to the old thinking. And I understand the char- I mean, look, that the loss to the Texans a couple of weeks ago was just horrible, right? Like, that's something we're like, come on, man. But you look at the points scored, Joe, over the last five games. Against Cincinnati, pretty solid defense, 41. Against the Giants, 37. They lost that game to Kansas City and scored 28 points, and they had, like, three times where they were down within, like, the three-yard line, and they couldn't push it across. They obviously could have scored even more. Against Houston, they scored 29. Against Denver, they scored 34. They're going to put up points. I do not see the Raiders putting up a 28 spot in this game. Like I just don't. And I do think that the chargers will against that Raiders defense. that just has not been nearly as good of late. So yeah, I'm taking the chargers. I feel okay about it. I think they and make you the, know what? The, the one other thing too, when Abram got hurt, yeah, I think that correct the secondary significantly. Yes. And this is, and this is why when you play IDP, right. And, and you are focused on all these kind of little things, you, you see these things and you go, well, how's that going to impact? Because Abram is a terrifying guy back there. I mean, that guy hits hard. He's one of the few guys that still hits people back there. He hits them legally, but yeah. he hits. And you take that guy out of that secondary, you take away the fear factor for the wide receivers. And that's a bad concoction potentially for this game. Yeah. And again, just looking at the, at the Raiders, uh, you know, last several games, like they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, which is kind of a weird game that happened. They lost to Washington 17, 15. They got absolutely obliterated by the chiefs 48, nine. They barely beat a Cleveland team that was just completely decimated at that point and was playing all backups and everything like that. 16, 14, they barely got away with that game. They beat Denver, 17 to 13 when you had drew lock out there and then they beat the Colts who again fine the Colts also have a way of just sort of tang it stuff like that this is not a good team man and kudos again Joe you said it kudos to that coaching staff kudos to that whole team for holding it together where they could have fallen apart forever ago they're not winning this game I don't think and I think they lose a bit more to put them last pick Joe what do you got well when I talked about defenses quitting and, and talking about trends and things like that I think one of the things I like the most is, you know, from a DFS standpoint, we were on this game yesterday on the podcast over on Fantasy Pro side and just loving this 48 number with Arizona and Seattle. I mean, Seattle, another team, when you lose Jamal Adams in the secondary, that's a big loss. And you've been able to throw the ball a ton on Seattle. So it helps Arizona because Arizona, from an offensive standpoint, has been lackluster without their, their key pieces, without DeAndre Hopkins and Connor has been, you know, kind of limping to the finish line here. We'll see if he plays or not this week. But yep. it's great to get Edmonds back. I just think at the end of the day, historically, when you look at these games, too, and you look at the way they played each other, these games tend to be high scoring between these two. And the Arizona defense, as as good as they were in the beginning of the year, it's kind of flipped. Now, I don't know if it's flipped because the offense has been lackluster and put them in bad spots too much or kept them on the field too much. They have some, some fatigue factor. injuries, though. They, they've I mean... had injuries, too. But everybody's had injuries. I yeah. mean, they've really fallen off in terms of points, in terms of um, when you're looking at them being, giving up big plays and things like that. So there's every opportunity here where the Seattle Seahawks with a very capable quarterback could want to say, hey, we're going to stick it to you guys at the end in division game, all that. I think that is certainly a very viable narrative. And 48 is just a very low number for these two teams anyway, let alone in week 18. So as far as I'm concerned, when you got two stellar quarterbacks here, and these are two QB1 guys, uh, and there's incentives on the line for certain guys. AJ Green's got incentives personally in this game. Yeah, I, I think you know 75 yards is attainable for him. He's hit that a couple times. It's not a 
It's not an impossible number, although maybe a challenging one at times. I think you look at that. I think you look at the way Rashad Penny's played. Wilson certainly looks healthier than he did six, seven weeks ago. So as far as I'm concerned, the 48 is too low. If I was setting this, it would be a 51 to begin with. Wow. The fact that it's still in the 48s, I think to me yeah. personally, is just far too low for this game. Yeah, it's 47 and a half at BetMGM. So there you go. Uh, I am in agreement with you, Joe. I hadn't really looked at this game very much, but I think your points are right. And I think the good part about it, too, is like because we are in week 18, uh, I'm sure the Seahawks want to win this game. Obviously, the Cardinals need to win this game if they have any shot at the division. Uh, I think that you're going to see less of the let's run Pete Carroll. Let's run the ball. Let's punt it on fourth and one. And they'll probably take more chances and mm -hmm. let Russ air it out a little bit more and try to see what they can build on going into next year. So I do think there are going to be points in this game. And I like the skull. I, I really hadn't even thought about it before you brought it up. So I'm in agreement with you. I like it. I'm mad at myself for not being on it uh, earlier. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm with you. So, you know, Joe, there are times when there are, there are some really low over-unders this week, mm -hmm. some really low ones. Uh, you know what's fun? When you see a really, really low over-under and you go under it, and that is what I'm doing with the Bengals at the Browns at 38. 38, I'm still going under. There are a couple of reasons. Number one, the weather actually is going to, uh, right now at least, as we record this on Friday, the weather forecast is bad in Cleveland. Uh, it's like the winds, right? The wind, Joe, for me, is really the one thing that I think affects sure. sort of, right? I mean, remember those two football. games last year where the, nobody mm -hmm. could move the football? Mm -hmm. I mean, those two games were, what, like 10 to 7? <laughs> yeah, like and I, I'm not kidding. Just, like, I, yeah. I I, honestly think, like, this is a game that ends at, like, 20 points. Like, it really, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't bet, like, an overrider there. But at 38, it's going to be really windy. You're going to have the Bengals not having anybody in there because you know Burrow's not going to play. You know Mixon's already out. They don't want anybody to get hurt in this game. There's no reason for them to risk anything. And the Browns, obviously, no Mayfield. Look, no teams don't tank, Joe, okay? Teams don't tank. But the difference right now, because all those teams are bunched up, the difference between getting the number four uh, seed, the finishing fourth in that division versus finishing third it's actually going to be pretty big in terms of schedule next year, right? Instead mm -hmm. of getting the Dolphins, you're going to get the Jets, right? Instead of get, you know, that sort of type of thing. I, I think they play the, I think with the 18, I think they go against fourth place in the division in the NFC East, I believe if memory serves, which means you get the Giants. Like there's, there's a good reason to come in last in that division. And I just think, I'm not saying that they're going to outright like tank. I just think that, they're not that motivated to basically put no, everything right. out. You know, with Chubb, Joe, again, what did we, if Chubb either got banged up last week or whether or not they're just like, who cares if we beat Pittsburgh at this point? We're not going to take any chances. We're going to rest them, maybe put in our backups just to see. Like, they're not going to risk anybody with injuries. They're not going to do anything crazy. You got backups. You got bad weather. You've got no incentive for either team to give a crap about this game. 38 points with the weather. The weather is a big deal for me. If it clears sure. up, I'm going to... I. I may be regretting this, but if it's up, I think you're just going to see, you know, Samaje Pirine and, you know, Dearness Johnson run the ball 40 times uh, in this game and get the heck out of there. Low total, Joey. I'm still going under 38 <laughs> points. Is that crazy? Is it crazy to go under no, on, a, on a game no, like that? No, especially All the right. win factor because, you know, I, I've been to that stadium. And it's, I mean, the wind have you been to the one? I have, yeah. Oh, it is. The wind factor is is huge off that river at times. Okay. And you saw it last year in those games where it just completely destroyed the productivity. You could not yeah. basically throw the football. And it's always funny to me because people hyperventilate about rain and stuff. I'm like, well, I mean, some guys can throw the ball in the rain. It's a fine. Like, it's, well, this is torrential downpour. Yeah. And even then, I've seen games where it's it's odd because you can end up breaking a small pass for a very long run after, you know, because somebody slips and falls down and all that stuff. So it's the win factor that to me, always, always impacts totals far more than the rain factor. Yes, People correct. see the rain and they freak out, but they should be looking at the wind more often, yeah. especially in places like Cleveland where you've seen it play out in games before. So if it is up to those gusts where it was similar to those games last season, and there were two of them, if memory serves, last year with Baker Mayfield, that it was yeah. just it was almost like comical. You're just like, well, they're just going to run the football a million times. Right. I mean, think about the bills and the, uh, and the pats right this right. year. They, well, they were that? just right. right. How running, did that, how right. did the wind affect right. that game? Right. right. And I don't think it's supposed to be that bad, but I do. When I checked last night, Joe, it was sustained 25. 
sustained 25 mile hour wins. That's what, that field goals, by the way, out the window, right? right like field, forget thing another right. thing, extra point. Like it just, everything to me screams to the under. So I don't mind. Uh, I want to talk about the spread when we get to that game. So I'll recap all of our, our six best bets uh, of the weekend afterwards. I do Joe very quickly want to mm-hmm. hyperspeed run through the remaining spreads. Is that cool with you? Yes, sir. Let's go. Saturday, the chiefs are laying 11 in Denver to the Broncos. Obviously the chiefs, Still have a chance at the number one seed if the Texans beat the Titans, which they did earlier in the year. So they're motivated to win. Uh, I think it's still going to be Drew Locke in this game, although I haven't uh, I haven't seen anything. Although is Bridgewater on IR? I don't know. I think it's going to be Drew Locke regardless. What do you got? Matter. Chiefs laying 11. I'll take the Chiefs side of this one. Just you think they're going to win big? Team. I think after last week, I think they need to, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you want to get the... Uh, you want the, some uh, momentum going into this yeah. season for them because they, they had it. Up until last week. Yeah. <laughs> and now they, I mean, it's kind of mentally important, I think. And just like they, they're just a team that far outclasses the Denver Broncos right now in terms of quarterback play. And when again, are you going to invest in quarterback in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? Or are you going to invest in Drew Locke and Vic Fangio? I'm going to invest right, yeah. in, on the other side. Bridgewater is out for the season, by the way. My apologies. Right. Um, and Locke, by the way, is banged up as well. So already <laughs> bad to worse. Um, yeah, it's 11. I'm probably. I'm probably just going to player prop this one. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get involved in the spread. Uh, Cowboys are laying four and a half to the Eagles. Joe, when we looked at it on Monday, I think it was seven. Maybe we like we were like, "Whoa, what is this?" Mm-hmm. Cowboys are going to play to win, reportedly. And again, McCarthy has a history of resting players and that not working out for him very well going into the playoffs. Don't know exactly what the Eagles are going to do now, other than the fact that the entire team is on the COVID list. Four and a half, Joe. What do you think? I'm still tempted to on the Eagles side. Is Hertz Me too. Hurts isn't too. on there as long as Hertz isn't on there yet. No, Hertz is not. But even if he were, Joe, right? Gardner is Gardner Minshew going to kill year? you? Yeah. Like, no, you he's know? not. Look, you know my my faith in the Cowboys is is tricky, and Micah Parsons is out for this game too. On the Cowboys. correct, also so a great. That's point. another yeah. piece where if you're taking somebody out of this game, you're taking the best defensive player yeah. right now in that conference, arguably off. That's, yes, that's a yeah. big one too. So. I'm still on the Eagles side, but remember when we were here on Tuesday, we were talking about what was it six and a half or something. I was like, oh, it was like it was seven in now. a lot of books. I let's, know. let's get the Eagles side now before we it did. starts to shrink. And they look, yes. here is a four and a half. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, rare time. We made the right call on that one on Monday. <laughs> so uh yeah, I agree. Um, that's exactly right. And if you know, I wouldn't mind making the Eagles part of a teaser piece, get them up to over 10, 10 and a half. Uh Steelers are visiting the Ravens. They're plus five. I, I'm still not expecting Lamar Jackson to play here. He's not mm-hmm. practicing. I mean for either one of these teams, they both have something to play for because they're not mathematically eliminated. But for either one to make the playoffs requires a uh, confluence of events that is just almost impossible to imagine at this point. So you want to go with Mike Tomlin on the road as an underdog in games that are historically tight, Joe? Or you think the Ravens are going to finish out on the high note? Uh, you know, this is a game I'm out on Tuesday and I'm out on Friday. I would just All right. Because these are this is the rivalry game. They seems hate each other anyway. It's yeah. There's a respect factor. They don't care about playoffs. It was like, look. You know, it's been a disappointing season. Do we want to end it on a high note? And I think both teams do. So this is not like phoning it in. These teams are going to yep. go at it. And it's going to be a close game, too close. If anything, I'll take the Steelers on the five side of that one. Because I think that's actually kind of a high number. I think if you had to go one one way, I would go with the Steelers. Just because it's Mike Tomlin. Plus five. And that's pretty plus five. substantial. Now, to be, for you, it's four and a half. For me, it's actually four. Um, It's five at a lot of other books. Well, so, on the um, consensus betting pros, it's plus five. That's right. Exactly. Um, I don't I don't really want it. If I have to go one way, I'll go the Steelers just because I do think that you get Mike Tomlin. And again, these games like if these games fall outside of a three point window, uh, it's weird because they've been playing like that basically historically. Titans visiting the Texans, Joe. They are laying 10. That sounds eerily familiar. Titans, Texans, Titans laying 10. Uh, Didn't end well for the Titans last time. Obviously, the Titans are playing for the number one seed, I guess. No, I don't even know. It's not possible, actually. They can't wrap it up before them. Titans, laying 10. What do you think? This is the trap one to me. This is the one that terrifies me. Remember I said yeah. before, there's a trap one on here that's a big number <laughs> that I think is a huge trap. But, like, that's the one. I mean, theoretically, yeah, the Titans should absolutely handle their business. The Titans may get Derrick Henry back, so we're still not. I don't think for this sure game, that. right? I, don't I mean, think it's, I don't think it's realistic. I don't think they should push him. But this is a huge I think this here. is ideal, though, right? If they get the bye, they practice him this week. They practice him next week. Titans win this back? game, but the 10 is just not a number I'm comfortable with with the so Titans. Much. Not with and, and Davis Mills has played decent yes. down the stretch. So yes. It, I'm I'm out. So much better than I expected. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Like in his rookie season. Uh yeah, I'm I'm staying away from it. 
I want to root for the Titans, but I, it's too many points for me to back them for sure. Bengals are visiting the Browns. We just talked about it, Joe. The Bengals are getting six, and I'm going to be frank with you, Joe. I almost made this one of my picks, the Bengals getting six, because I realize that they're playing all backups. But again, I don't think the Browns are very motivated to win this game, and you're going to have crazy wind, which is like an equalizer and everything like that. So I would just take the team getting almost a touchdown in this one if I have to go one way. But it's also a game that I have absolutely no interest in being in on other than rooting against scoring overall. What do you think? Well, I think I have more faith in Case Keenum than Brandon Allen. For sure. And that's the hard part, and that's what makes this so tricky, is you're dealing with not one but two backup quarterbacks. So I don't know, man. This is another game that I just – I think you're right. I think if you're going to approach this game, it's the under from the, all yeah. the factors we talked about, and you stay away from the line personally. Vikings laying five and a half at home against the Bears. Sounds like it's going to be Fields uh, returning for this game. So not sure what that does for you, Joe, when you think about the team. But what do you think? Five and a half, kind of a dead number just sitting there. Why wouldn't you take the Bears side? I mean, what about the Vikings hasn't meant that they collapse and make games close and have a lead and blow it every time? I mean, that's the thing that and I almost made this one of my picks because I was looking at it. I was like, have I learned nothing from the 2021 (laughs) football season about the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings should win this game handily. But do they ever win a game handily? They're supposed to No. Do they end up in these games where they're winning by less than three? Yes. Do they have a touchdown in every single game and then somehow lose that lead pretty much up until week 17? Yeah, that was the case. So I don't know. At a certain point, when do we you don't have to get beat over the head with it. I think if I'm going to be in on this game, it's going to be on the bear side. So I would lean towards the bear side. I still don't like betting it because I'm betting a quarterback, a rookie quarterback on the road and two head coaches that are basically, I mean, I think both are probably done at the end of the year. I don't think it matters what happens in this game, but this one's going to be fun. I think from a fantasy perspective, because I think everything's just going to hang out for this one. Like it's just going to be all bets are off, but yeah. I don't know, man, to me, the bear side jumps out because of everything we've seen out of the Bengals. I, I mean, the Vikings, I don't think the Vikings are going to lose but I don't think they're going to win by running away either. When has that been the Vikings MO this year? That's true. They do not run away with any victories. Uh, I just want nothing to do with this game at all. Like, no, I have no idea what, what I'm going to (laughs) see. And again, a a totally meaningless game though, right? Like this is the spot where you could see the Vikings do really well, right? Like a totally meaningless game. Nobody gives a crap about it. They'll blow them out by, you know, 40 points. So I just, I'm staying away from it. I no idea what to expect. This one's an interesting one, Joe. The Lions are getting three and a half from the Packers. This went from saying, okay, the Packers are going to rest everybody to, you know, LaFleur coming out and saying, we're not going to rest. We've looked at it historically. That doesn't do people well, but you have Aaron Rodgers who, what is the point of getting a uh, buy and not giving the guy who's basically been dealing with the toe injury forever, like an extra week of rest. So three and a half points here, Joe, what do you think? I like the lion side of this one, the plus three and a half. I. I see it's plus four at Bet MGM. It's because of how much Jordan Love I think we're going to see. We're going to see Aaron Rodgers in this game because I don't think, if you look historically, the complete layoff for two plus weeks has been a good thing. It yep. hasn't. It just yeah. has. I mean, these guys come out flat, and I, I you know, there's a part of me <laughs> that wouldn't mind seeing that necessarily, but at the same time, I think you'll see Rodgers for maybe a quarter, a couple series, and then it hands over to Jordan Love. And from what I've seen of Jordan Love, and what I've seen of Dan Campbell getting his team fired up to play football every week, somehow, yeah. despite all of the negative. I mean, we look up right now, they're what, four win team, right? Two, oh, no, win two, team, and, Joe. two and a top. Two and Excuse 13 two and, top. and one. So they have a chance. So I, I was thinking they could be a four win team here, but I forgot about the, the tie there. Not the <laughs> I think they're going to show up as they always do and play sure. strong. And at the end of the day, is Jordan Love going to make some mistakes? Yeah. And I think that's enough for me to be on the lion side of this one. Uh, and it just really depends on this is this is not a great investable game because you don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to play. If he plays right. one series and he's out, all of a sudden that Lions line looks really good. You know what this is? This is a game that if you like in-game betting, this is a game. For Boom. You. That's right. Ready? This is the in-game Rogers. betting line of the week. This one. Rodgers is in for the first series. They score a touchdown. The in-game line jumps up. Bet the lines there. I I think I think Rogers plays a series. I think he plays one series Mm -hmm. with the starters and then is out. Because that might be enough to get seven. And then when he gets the seven, you turn around and you go, okay, go right to the Lions in game. Like don't bet this pregame. In game. Yeah. But I would take it at three and a half if I had to. Um that that is the spot that I like it as well. Again, not one of my picks, but it is there. Joe, the uh Washington football team, seven (laughs) to the Giants. What do you think? 
Gross. Do I have to watch this game? Do you I do. Have to, I mean, You're gosh. contractually obligated. Horrendous. I don't. Um, I, I owe nothing to do with this. Like, I just, I, I love to say, yeah, it's just Washington and a romp and things like that. But I don't know if they've got the goods to really, you know, just handle anybody. And they make mistakes at the worst time every time Heineke makes a bad mistake. So I, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm out on this game. This is another trap one to me because yeah. it should be completely that. And if the Giants not only covered, but won this football game, like, you like, is that is that going to shock anybody? No. Seven points. Ugh, disgusting. Uh, yeah. Three and a half. I go. Well, okay. Well, look. I'll give him a shot or four. Yeah, because they're you pissed cross over that touchdown. It's like they're going to be pissed at Joe Judge for sure. They're going to want to win this game, but whatever. Yeah, it's too much. I can't back the Giants for sure, but I can't back anybody in this one. Pats are laying six to the Dolphins. They historically struggle in Miami. Uh, what do you think here, Joe? Tom Brady historically struggles in Miami. Just want to point that out. When you have weather, typically that's been very hot and things like that, especially the beginning of the seasons, those are the games that Brady had struggled in. I think there was a stat out there. I remember seeing it last year or before he went to Florida. Somebody put it out there was like, "Do you really want to be a Buccaneer, Tom?" <laughs> you know, because they showed you, you know, in games of eighty-five degrees or more, or something like that. Like Tom Brady's, well, they had one win or something crazy like that in yeah. his career. Um, but I'm gonna say this. I think that. Last week, the Dolphins got punched in the mouth a little bit, and they're staggering. And I feel like the momentum right now is all on the Patriots' side. I feel like the, the Patriots feel good about themselves after beating up on the Jaguars. They lost the two competitive games that they had left on the schedule, right? So they had the Colts. They lost that one. I think they got a little, little you know, kind of highfalutin. And then they they competed with Buffalo, but really, at the end of the day, Buffalo handed it to them. So this was a good bounce back for them last week against the Jaguars where they get back on track and all that. But the Dolphins game here, this is a very tricky one. Uh, If anything, I think the Patriots win, but I think the Dolphins are the plus six is the smart way to go about this. Yeah, I think that's right, Joe. I think I'm probably going to stay away from it. I I haven't had a good read on the Pats all year uh, at being transparent. Like I just haven't. Um, So it strikes me as that's correct, but it's probably a game I'll stay away from as I will this one. Sounds like you may be in on it. Bills playing <laughs> 16 to the Jets. J-E-T-S? J-E-T-S? What do you think, Joe? 16. Uh, 16's a lot. And, you know, I, I, here's what happened. I, I looked. You get I was, 16 and a half at FanDuel, buddy. Go for it. I, w- I was looking around. I was like, all right, let me look at the game log for the Bills. And how many games are they blowing out, people? And there's enough blowouts yeah. for the Bills in the second half of the season where I go, nah, I can't really do this. But after watching the Jets last week, I kind of feel like the Jets feel like, well, we can at least kind of be competitive here. And I think it's a big a big boost for you when you can compete for a few quarters with the reigning champions. And I think Wilson's looking more confident. If they get Elijah Moore back for this game and Berrios has played well, like why, why can't you compete? Why can't you in garbage time get some points? Like, there's variables here that make it very tempting, but instead I'm just going to stay away from it because it is the Jets at the end of the day and – Goodness knows I just can't trust them, but I want to, Dan. I really want to. So do I, um, but I'm staying away as well. Uh, just because I think that we've seen enough where you see the Jets kind of randomly look borderline competent on offense and Wilson look okay, and then he lays a dud. I'm hoping that you see him build on last week, in which case, from a completely personal fan standpoint, that you can feel, because I do think that Wilson has played better of late. Uh uh, in recent weeks, and certainly this last game, if he does again here, you can feel confident in him. For me, I'm not there yet. So I'm just going to take a step back, hope they play this one close. If I had to take a side, it would be the Jets. We talked about the total in this game, though. Uh, how do you see the spread, Joe, with the Seahawks uh, and the cards? It's six and a half right now across the board everywhere. Give me the Seahawks with the six and a half because the Arizona Cardinals don't put teams away. They just don't. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, I think that this game will be closer than sort of people expect. And I think that's why the books are kind of laying it. I think the books are begging you to basically tease the cards down. Like they're saying, God, tease them down to half point. See what happens. Like, well, no, I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks won this game. Again, second divisional games are always tricky anyway. So who knows about that? This one, Joe, I have very mixed feelings about the Saints are visiting the Falcons. Mm -hmm. They're laying three and a half. You saw the Falcons have a big game against them. The Saints do not score points. They just don't (laughs) score points. So I, you know, I, I don't know, Joe. What do you think here? Three and a half Falcons at home. Gross. I want nothing to do with this game either. I just I, I don't have a beat on it, especially after last week where the Falcons were competitive for a half of football against the Bills in the snow. Who the hell saw that coming? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> I just, I know I'm Joe Stradamus, but at the same time, I mean, I was watching the Falcons there and I'm watching them in the snow and I'm watching it was like a 15, 12 game at one point. I go, what in God's name am I watching right now? How are the Falcons even in this? And then you add in the fact that Kyle Pitts has been doing with that hamstring injury. Like he's that yeah. one weapon they have left. I don't know. I mean, that's tough too. Cause he's got that, that, you know, milestone, obviously he can be the, the highest I know, number but of receiving like, yards, that, but he's banged that, up. I know. Do you want to push him for a milestone? It Do strikes me, care? Joe, as he plays, he, he, he runs a couple of routes, he catches a pass and, and then he's like, I can't, I can't go. Right. Like that, that's, that's really what it seems like. Oh, yeah. Man. I'm with you. If I'm forced to go though, one way, Joe, I'm going to take over a field goal at this point because how many points are the Saints going to put up? Like 17? Maybe the Falcons can find their way to that. Obviously, the Saints are playing for something. If they win the Niners, lose, they're in the playoffs. So they're motivated. But again, I don't really think that matters necessarily. All right, that's it. This is my final podcast, as we said. Joe, uh, it was enjoyable. Thank you very much for making my final podcast fun. Let's recap very quickly the bets. Let me see if I have it right, Joe. You correct me if I have your bets incorrect. Mm-hmm. You're taking the Colts. We'll give them minus 15. You can get it at 14 and a half, though. The Bucks are laying eight. And the Cards and the Seahawks over 48. You're also sprinkling on the San Francisco money line at plus 172. I'm going to be a coward and just take the points with the 49ers getting four and a half from the Rams. The Jag. No, I'm not taking the Jags, actually, because I... I- <laughs> no, that no, you. no. You can't the do Chargers, that. You can't the Chargers. The Jaguars. Sorry, no. I'm not. You, you got it right. No. Uh, the Chargers, though, laying three to the Raiders. And the Bengals and the Browns and the Wind Bowl and the Backup Bowl under 38 points. It has been a pleasure hosting this podcast. Joe has been hosting the college football podcast and the non-NFL podcast for the whole year. He's going to take you to the finish line, to the Super Bowl with this podcast. Joe, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you joining me today. And please don't screw up the NFL side of the podcast into the future. Can you do that for me? No promises, Dan, but I will try. I will try my best to keep it going. But uh, again, thanks for uh, having me on today. And I hope, at least for you, that there's nobody else that you wanted to finish your last podcast here, Fantasy Pros, with. Because I know I wanted to be on the show with you today. So it was fun, as usual, my friend. I'll miss you. You were definitely my top 18 uh, of people to have on <sighs> yes, this. The I first knew 17. I was in the top 20. Yes. First 17 declined, uh, but you were here. Anyway, I appreciate it. Everybody, good luck with your bets. Again, Sunday morning, Betting Pros yeah, live stream, uh, youtube.com slash betting pros. Matt Peralt and I will be breaking down, giving out some player props, all that good stuff. That will be my final public appearance on uh, <laughs> as a part of uh, Fans Pros and Betting Pros. So I'll talk to you then. In the meantime, enjoy the snow. Joe, go, go uh, shovel some snow. I'm going to go mm-hmm. snowblow my driveway. And uh, I'll talk to you again on Sunday.